All right, welcome back to Making the Brand, another episode here with special guest, uh, friend, and uh, a uh, friend of mine and a friend of Fortress, Mr. Carl West. What's up? How you doing? I'm great, man. I've I been hanging around you for a couple hours, <laughs> man. It's, I feel pretty good, man. Good place. Good place. <laughs> good, good. Good space around here. Good. No, I'm happy to hear that. So, you took a break from your uh, your southern place in Savannah and came up just to visit us in the cold Chicago. Unfortunately, man, I yeah. landed here last Thursday, and and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I wanted to go tell the driver, man, just turn around and take me back. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I had some business I had to take care of. So, you know, in and, as long as I'm in and out. Yeah. I'm not going to, matter of fact, I'm probably here too many days. Yeah. I think, again, last Thursday, and I'll be leaving. Today is Thursday, I mean Wednesday, so I'll be leaving out Friday, Saturday. So, yeah, seven, eight days. That's more than enough. But Chicago's always going to be home for you, right? It's going to have a place in my heart. Okay, wow. Okay. <laughs> but home is going to be where I spend the quality time of my sure. remaining life. Sure, sure. So far, it's going to be Savannah. Okay. It may change, but I doubt it. It's, I love it there, man. Yes. Yeah. Very peaceful, warm, hospitality, uh, good weather. I, I discovered some nice restaurants. I'm a creature of habit, so as long as I have the kind of the same things to go to, then yeah. plus what you do at, at home, I grill, you know, a couple of days a week. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't ask for a better situation at this particular moment. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Life is good. So I, by way of introduction, so Carl is in several spaces, but one is in the publishing, uh, also has leadership development. He's in media. He's in nonprofit. You're coming out of the book. So you've got a lot of projects going on, but how would you how would you introduce yourself to somebody if you're jumping in an elevator with them? Who is Carl West? Wow. Wow. Uh, I like to use the word, I like to use the word prophetic thought leader, uh, you know, because everything we do, we have to give some concentration and thought to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I like to consider myself, uh, of course, a businessman. That's mm-hmm. always a good title to have. Uh, but then other than that, you know, a community advocate. Uh, but I like, I always like the word thought leader, man. It's just uh, because, again, everything starts with a thought. Right. And then, of course, now how do you lead those thoughts down a pathway for progress. Right, right. So, so with being a thought leader, how did you get into... So people know you as TBT News, MG Media. They know you as the voice of the community, a community activist. Like, so what was your journey, and how, how did this end up happening? Well, I mean, like a lot of kids, I mean, we just celebrated 50 years of hip-hop this year, last year, rather, and I grew up a hip-hop dude, man. I was, you know, I was in high school... You know, uh, hip hop was explode. Run DMC and LL Cool J and all them was was tearing up the charts, yeah. man. And I wanted to be a rapper, and so I had a group in high school, and and they and they reluctantly told me that I couldn't rap, so just be the manager. And so I chose to do that. And so then, of course, instead of being somebody who was behind the microphone, I was able to find out what a manager of a group does and it was organized right it was go out and create the space for them mm-hmm. to do their thing so i organized concerts at the local park districts i went to like all the park districts in my surrounding mm-hmm. neighborhood which is about four or five and i said hey can we do a show here and so i would book a show and do flyers and you talking yeah. about you talking about 16 17 years old wow. and so we started and then we would allow the neighborhood to also uh, have 
X amount of people who was in the neighborhood who wanted to be rappers to, to be on stage. So it wasn't just about us. We would also invite those, those community people who wanted to be in hip hop and rappers to come on stage and perform too. And so we was having these big crowds, man, in the park district gymnasiums. Mm-hmm. It was fun. And so that bit the bug on being on the other side. I was like, y'all keep rapping. I'm going to. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the money gonna come to me first. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. We was charging like I can't remember how much, but I know we was charging to come into the gym and to perform. And I was like, wow, right. Yeah. So that was that taste was something that I never forgot, and so I was hungry for it. So that just kind of it just yeah. kind of went from there. And everything yeah. I've done has been in that same line, being able to control the narrative, being, being able to control content when I wanted to get into the publishing space. I always had a love for that, majoring in communications in college, mm. and um, and then I discovered, of course, how popular, like every family had the Ebony and Jet magazines in their house, and so the first magazine I did when I graduated college was a hip-hop magazine called The Truth. I called it the hip-hop version of Jet. It was the same size as Jet, and what we did was, we, but it was all about Chicago, so I remember all of the covers were Bernie Mac, the Brat. Mm-hmm. R. Kelly, Common, Kanye, I mean, anybody that was local, but they was all up and coming. Right. And so they that's what made it successful because they I had local folks on the cover. And I, because I used to always see the magazines on the shelves in Walgreens, and I'm like, there's nobody on Chicago on those mm-hmm. covers. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I'll make a magazine that have strictly Chicago. And I had it, and I went to all the record stores in the neighborhoods and said, can I have put this in your store? But I want it to be right here on the counter. Yeah. Uh, and they all let me do it. And they loved it because they all sold out again. And the one reason why they sold out was because it was people that they was familiar with right. from the community. Right. So uh, and, and people and people came from all neighbors like the brat was from the West Side. So she, you know, I had George's music room on the West Side and she was sell- that cover was sell out. They would be calling me like, man, I need more. I mean, they just, you know, I had them selling for like a buck and I gave the store 50 cent off every sale. Wow. You know what I mean? So that. Is where it all kind of right. started, but it's. Um, I think it's, <clears throat> you know, having known you for for a couple of years now. I think it's probably in your wiring. Or D- we talked about DNA earlier of like how you're wired and like the hustle, the connecting people, the kind of seeing the vision was was there even from a young age. Then. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was there totally. I mean, I go even back further when I was nine or ten years old, and I remember we had a neighbor across the street from me. And he was a friend of mine, and we walked to school together. And and his grandmother, he lived with his grandma, and she asked me, she was like, uh, she was like, Car, you know, would you run to the store and get me a newspaper? And I was like, you know, like, homie, why don't you? He was like, man, I ain't doing that. He was like really defiant, like, I'm not doing that. She ain't no newspaper. And I went and got it. He went to school. And every day after that, I used to go get her a newspaper on my way to school. Mm-hmm. And she would give me the change. If yeah. it may have been a dime, a nickel yeah, at the time, right. it was. And so, it was ironically, and I'm talking about eight, nine, ten years old. So, by the end of that year, I probably had about eight houses on the block because I grew up in Chatham, and there was a lot of in Chatham was a lot of elderly people. Um, I guess you, what did you call elderly back then? You know, if I'm only eight and nine, ten years right. old. Um, I had about eight or nine houses. I was going because we had a corner store on the on our block. Mm-hmm. Called Hayes. Never forget it. Old man and his wife ran it. And I used to just go 
and and so I went. I couldn't carry it all, so I went to Jules, which is not too far, and got a cart and brought it. To, but my dad kept getting rid of the cart. I don't want that thing in my backyard. Mm. <laughs> I had I had to hand it to a neighbor's backyard, yeah. and so I just wished to go and bring the cart, and I would get bread and milk and the newspapers and all that stuff, and then and they would give me the change. And so, so my friends went. Dash. My friends went to school. <laughs> I was early DoorDash. They went to school, and I'm like, y'all forget y'all make some money. And so then all of a sudden I start cutting the grass of the people. Right. I start shoveling their snow. I start raking wow. their leaves. And uh, that happened all. That took place until about my second year of high school. And, of course, now I wanted to be with the boys. Mm-hmm. And so I had to give all that. I, I, I retired from that job, yeah. that, that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah, yeah. and went to and, you know, hanging out with the boys and the girls. Yeah. But, but you had that work ethic even yeah. from uh, age nine or ten. And we talked about earlier today. It's just like fine-tuning your circle and cutting people off that are not elevating you or uh, or making you better right and so do you still find like you're still having to do that no not no more i've done it i've, I've cleaned house now i mean i don't have to worry about that now yeah i got i did that already so yeah. every now and then um you know there are people that find themselves in your circle and it's not necessarily people who i, I interact with every day but sometimes you have to say um you know, cats will like, hey, let's meet up and, and have a drink. And I'm like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the same. That's about as much as I, I'll do now. Yeah. But, the, the you know, the, the closet is, is is clean. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's I got good. rid of everybody. That's a good goal. Like I said, I got a couple of cats who grew up with me, you know, and they get it. And yeah. they want to be a part of the next level of life, their own lives. And, and I helped contribute to that. And they helped me. And so, yeah, and, I, and I'm happy to have them around. Uh, they lo- I know they loyal, devoted cats, right? Mm-hmm. If I mm-hmm. call them up any time and say, you know, I'm in trouble, they'll be there. Yeah. You know, that's know. important. Got to have somebody like that. <clears throat> For sure. So, so you started to get your connections out in Chicago. You had your hip-hop magazine starting to take note. Then I started um, the hip-hop awards. Yeah. Okay. I started Chicago's only to this day, only hip-hop awards. And it was, because I followed the, my philosophy was even at a young age, I got through mentors, is follow what the big boys do at the level you can do it at. Right. And it's interesting you've been in the business that you're in because what prompted that was I was talking to, I was talking to somebody who was trying to make a little neighborhood commercial and I told him to look at Nike. Mm-hmm. I said, and I never forget this one of the commercials in my head right now. It was a commercial where the, the person was running on the rocks with the ocean behind them. And I said, you should make a commercial like that. And you should make it where you running on the running in on the blocks, like mm-hmm. just running through the blocks. Other words, do what the big boys do right. at the level you can do it that you can't go wrong. They've already laid the framework and duplicate that same commercial right. just at what you can do. And so that's kind of how I came up with the Hip Hop Awards. I saw BET doing the BET Awards, Soul Train doing the Soul Train Awards, uh, Essence doing the Essence Awards, Ebony Magazine doing the Ebony Awards. And I said, wow, I want to, since I got a hip hop magazine, I should do an award show. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I did was to go to the Soul Train Awards. and. I didn't want to go front. I wanted to go backstage. So I got media creatures to go backstage. I wanted to see how it looked from behind the scenes. You know what it looks like on the front. You're in the audience. You're sitting down. You see it. I wanted to see what it looks like from behind and see the, the complexity of how you organize it. So, And somebody told me it's controlled chaos. 
because it is. It looks chaotic. Mm-hmm. But the only thing that matters is what the folks see when that curtain is open. Right. And so I did that. I came home and said, award show. Mm. And I did it. Wow. Same, th- same premise with the magazine. The only people performing are the folks who are local local mm-hmm. performers. I had Kanye on performing. I got all this stuff on video. I got yeah. Kanye when he was first right. kicking it. I got, right. you know, again, Robert Kelly and Bernie Mac and Common and Twist and Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray and Tamron Hall was my first host. Wow. Because remember, Tamron Hall was a newscaster here. Mm-hmm. She had just came to Chicago. Right. She wasn't from here, and she was on Fox. And then her and Lisa Ray was friends because Lisa Ray was a model, modeling for uh, some local uh, uh, beauty products. And so they became friends. And so Lisa Ray was just getting ready to go to move to L.A. to pursue her career. Mm-hmm. And they both co-hosted my very first award show. Wow. And look at them now. I mean, that's. Look at them like, now. I, I feel like you had discovered talent like so early with Kanye and Common. And you know, I don't call it discovery, thank you, but I just call it. Um, we always on a hustle. We was, yeah. It was all hustler. We yeah. always in the same place, at the same time, yeah. trying to hustle our game, and we just happen to share commonalities. Right? You're an artist. You need a stage. I got a stage. I need artists. Yeah. For sure. I got a magazine. I need right. content. Right. Right, they, they artists. They need promotions. Right, and so it, it, matter of fact, most of the artists today, common from Common to Kanye to Lisa Ray to Bernie Mac, the, my magazine cover that I gave them was the very first one they ever had. Wow, because again, they wasn't even celebrated stars. They were right. just Bernie Mac was at the Cotton Club just telling jokes, hmm. funny as heck, yeah. having a crowd, but nobody nationally or even locally pay attention to wow. and I wanted to start a magazine that gave local artists exposure yeah. that's all so then from there <clears throat> how did the pivot to TBT come about it was content I just wanted to do I grew up I got a little more mature got away from hip hop mm-hmm. I matured had a different idea you know had a more perspective about politics um, and life and I wanted to see how I, I had more issues concerning the community I wanted to be involved in. And so it was really, it, to me, it was the same thing. It was just, it was content, it was publishing. I just had a different focus on what right. I was going to write about. Yeah. That's all. It wasn't, I still wrote about hip hop, but it wasn't the majority of the content. Mm-hmm. The more the content was maybe politics and community service type stuff, like what we doing in the neighborhood. So but it was all yeah. the same thing, really. Right. And now TBT has, you've got a politics lane, you've got a celebrity lane, you've got an athlete lane, you've got a business lane. So, you know, we, we were talking about how you're kind of niching down into more of the business and finance lane. So can you talk about that? Because the other, the other uh, offerings for TBT are very popular, the, the public eye and talking about politics in Chicago. And I mean, well, Chicago is a great place for... Publishing, business, especially business. I mean, Chicago was, you know, is the next to New York, is kind of like the capital of, of economics development. Right. I understand that Florida is about to overtake everybody. Yeah. Yeah, but I heard that. Um, but Chicago is top five of, and so you you have to focus on the things that are around you. Politics, of course, is is number one. We number one in in, in the political landscape. Uh, business again and of course we know sports we still riding off of michael yeah. <laughs> right we yeah. still people still wait on us to come with the next michael uh and so we still have a the bulls are still respected even though we haven't had a winning team but <laughs> chicago is a sports town we got mm-hmm. you know we got you know two 
uh, baseball teams, one basketball, right. two hockeys. I mean, you know, so you got to cover those things, you know, if you want to appeal to an audience. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pretty easy, you know, understanding how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago is definitely a sports town, polit- political town, but talk to, about what's next for the TBT brand as far as focusing more on wealth building and money. I mean, you know, there's this conversation in my community and our community about wealth, about the lack of resources and opportunities. And to me, the only way to create those opportunities is to generate resources. We have to be able to build wealth in order to change communities. Mm-hmm. That's how it's done anywhere in the world right you want to change your environment man you have to create some kind of economic structure mm-hmm. so, so you can build better better houses better roads better schools and you do that by having better businesses great right. companies right. that employ people that that can contribute to that to that to that factors those mm-hmm. factors mm-hmm. and so to me is is abc it's elementary i'm trying to get everybody else in my community primarily because i think the world sees it the world that's important sees it. I'm trying to get my community to understand that, you know, you can't be afraid of money. You can't right. be afraid of building wealth because they, you know, that's some false narrative that, uh, oh, money makes you corrupt. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I mean, that might be true, but I'd rather have it than not. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather have it, but, but also you can have it do good. Mm-hmm. It don't have to, is it going to corrupt you? Don't be afraid. Don't. That's the question. Agreed. Is it going to corrupt you? Right. But if it's not, and then welcome yourself to it. Right. You know, right. do the, do the, do the work. Because yeah. you got to work to get it. Anybody giving it to you? Right. You got to be innovative. Got to be creative. You got to create opportunities. Again, that's nothing. That's nothing better. One that was on, I was telling you about Russell Simmons. That was the other thing he told me. I said, "What's your greatest joy?" I interviewed him years ago when I was doing the hip hop magazine. I went to and I went to went to the Soul Train Awards that at the time was in New York to check it out. And he said, the, "There's nothing like um, uh, employing people so they can go out and help families." Yeah, it's the greatest thing in the world you can do for a man mm-hmm. or a woman is to give an opportunity to raise their family through employment. Right. And I always remember that. But how do you do it through creating? opportunities for them to do that and Mm -hmm. so i just want as i stated there's a reason why bloomberg news is on 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 right and all they're talking about is money Mm -hmm. in some form or fashion right and here are folks who got money that's mostly watching and if they can watch every day and then why can't folks who's trying to have a life through mm-hmm. obtaining capital, and the money is and money is relative. It's what you need to survive and build you something and strive. That's what you need. I mean, it differs for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, some folks feel like they need ten billion dollars, right. and other folks a hundred million, other folks a hundred thousand. Right. It's relative to what you think you need, mm-hmm. but you got to put yourself in a position to, of course, to obtain course. it, to to earn it. Yeah, because you have to earn it. Right. Ain't nobody gonna really give it to you, not to that yeah. level. Yeah, no, I think you <laughs> I wish I, you was. I've been sitting around. I've, I've been holding my hand out just yeah, every day, yeah. let drop it in my hands. But yeah. I realized that was never going to happen. Right. I think you and I are very aligned. Of just like you got to do the work and you got to kind of create your own fortune and can't wait for it to be given to you. Nah. I mean, yeah. what you do hope though along the way is that when people recognize your talent, they want to be a part of it. Yeah. They want to invest in it. That's right. That's what you do hope. 
because I see that happen. Yeah. I've seen that happen so many times. And I'm like, those are smart people because smart people understand how to provide opportunities for people. I remember I asked to do the question because I, I used to work for the Chicago Board of Trade. That part is not we don't talk. I don't talk right. about often. Yeah, I don't know but that. That's how I got involved. I start. I stopped there to start my official business, but I was there for about six years, and I'm watching these traders just massive. You know, learn. I learned the stock market, so I invested. But I was all. I was. I ain't had no money, so they talking about how to do penny stocks. Yeah. Right. And I literally had the first. Check this out, Viagra. I was working there when Viagra first. Got approved by the FDA, wow. and it was like a dollar and eight cent. Wow! I bought like a thousand shares, but I sold them because I, when I was left to start the business, I was struggling to mm -hmm. have no money. I sold them, but when I sold them, it was like nine, ten dollars wow. a share. I think about if I had just kept that, like mm -hmm. ten years, fifteen years later, when Viagra really popped, yeah. and was 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 literally a thousand dollars a share. Yeah. yeah. But I, I couldn't foresee. That was the one time I couldn't see yeah. <laughs> foresee the future. Yeah. I mean, I did in a sense because I saw it moving. Right. But I didn't want to sell them. I was reluctant. Every time I walked into a Charles Schwab location to sell it, I'd be like, I was selling off time, 25 here. Yeah. Because I needed money to live. Sure. Yeah, you, you got to survive, especially I, when you're starting a business. You know, and so, but again, I wish, uh, so I wish somebody would have, that's the only thing I wish that would have happened. I do and I don't, but I really do. I wish somebody would have seen that that relentless visionary dude It was like, yeah. and cuff you up. Yeah. And I was going to tell a story. I'm going to work for the Board of Trade. I saw this happen all the time. They would, they would bring in somebody. Somebody would recommend somebody who came in off the street, and they would snatch him up. And about six months later, he'll be a trader with a jacket, right. making millions. Yeah. And I used to be like, wow, how come they don't? I don't see that happening. Right? Mm -hmm. But, and I asked him why. I asked one dude why he did that. It was one dude in particular. He said, here's why. He said, if I ever get in, I learned, that was my aha moment down there. That was what broke me through in terms of understanding life in its totality, working there. They was, you know, 